The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For me, it was just I was trying to enjoy a nice weekend. It didn't quite turn that way because my phone got really busy. But, you know, that's just part of being in the situation I'm in. I'm going to take it, you know, day by day. It really is. I'll take it by the moments and, and figure out when, you know, I feel really confident to allow people to, you know, who I understand my decision affects a lot of people's lives. So when that decision comes, it'll come. Michael, I'm going to talk about marriage uh, in a minute. I'm going to talk about another man's yeah. marriage. I'm going to talk yeah, about a yeah. total stranger's marriage. Uh, but first, since you have always been so convinced that he was going to retire, um, yeah. how do you marry what Tom Brady said Monday on his Let's Go podcast Bruh. with what he posted <laughs> this morning on Instagram? Right. Oh, okay. That is a great Sawatsky question. Excellent job, Michael Smith. And it brings me to a point where I have to have an answer and I've got no answer and, and, and I've got no good one. But I got a couple of guesses. One, when did y'all tape this podcast? This was live, right? This was live. This was a live podcast. This is not like something they just kind of trotted out from last week. Tom Brady knew when he did this interview with his buddy Scratchy Gray, Jim Gray, that he was going to retire. Why not just say he's going to retire on the podcast? But I, I think it really comes down to this. And this is why he had the reaction over the weekend. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Brady wanted to make the announcement in his way. I thought it would be a lot more high tech than this one. I didn't think it would be exactly. an Instagram slideshow. I didn't think it'd be a slideshow. Um, I thought he'd maybe have something produced with Gotham Chopra, his collaborator on Tom versus Time and Man in the Arena. Exactly. But this is just kind of okay uh, confirming it why not confirm it on your podcast it has your name on it that's one time and then two uh, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm, I'm feeling all of these words that's a lot of verbiage and I, I think it's got some pretty big it's got a big omission we'll get don't to that in think? a second we'll, we'll, we'll get to that okay. in a second right. I don't but, okay. but we'll get okay. to that in a second you know so okay. I'll answer my own question I'll answer my own question the way I marry what he said on his Let's Go podcast Monday with what he posted on his Instagram account today is simple. It's marriage. Simple as that. That dichotomy lets me further know mm-hmm. that he still wants to play and still wanted to play. And I am convinced. I know what was reported. I know what was rumored and speculated about before his last game. I know what was yeah. reported. I know what people smarter than me about Tom Brady, such as yourself, have said all along that this is what he was going to do. And I am now convinced that I know the source. And that source was Giselle. Okay? There aren't many ways that we can relate to Tom Brady. 
But the way you and I can relate to Tom Brady is we know what it's like to be a married man. That's right. And while Tom Brady may have sunned father time, Tom Brady retired the phrase father time is undefeated. There's another tried and true phrase quoted by the great Sidney Dean to Billy Hoyle. Listen to the woman. Michael, it's really that yeah. simple. Tom Brady went home to be a yeah. family man. Okay, it's really that simple to me. Yeah. And I think even to old to have been a fly on the wall in the Brady household over the past several days, last night included. I'm not trying to get in my man's business here, but I don't want to sit up here and say that Tom Brady is either li- is either a liar or mm. so petty as to have mm. delayed what we all thought we knew on Saturday, if not before, to Tuesday, just to, to your point, drop an Instagram slideshow that I could have produced. He got a whole ass production <laughs> company. Tom Brady has <laughs> dropped better hype videos for regular season yeah. wins than this. this. He could have said it on the podcast. Hell, he could have done it at the boys. Why not say it on the Greenwich. podcast? If you want to have Jim Graham involved, do it at the Boys and the Girls Club in Connecticut if you want yeah. to. He could have he could hey, have done Mike. any number of things than a simple Red statement Velvet. with one picture on Instagram. Red Ve- Red Velvet, huh? Huh, good choice, Red Velvet. <laughs> so what I'm saying is I think he was torn. I'm, I'm convinced that he was torn about this. Even if he had an inkling all season or all postseason that he was going to retire, I think he got cold feet, and I think that he was still trying to convince the misses and the kids, give me one more run. What probably happened is that when Giselle asked him, what more do you have to prove? He squeezed one more year out of it. And this was the deal. And and, and, and you, if you look at his statement, and I don't need to read the whole statement in full, but if you look at his statement, this is somebody whose wife told him to come inside. Playtime's over. Okay? Right. He said there are no shortcuts to success on the field or in life. Talking about the 100% competitive commitment. This is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I'm not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I have loved my NFL career, and now it is time to focus my time and energy on other things that require my attention. I've done a lot of reflecting the past week. Ask myself difficult questions. It's best I leave the field of play to a generation of dedicated and committed athletes. Okay? And then when he goes on to thank his family, all right, he says, Yeah. Lastly, to my wife Giselle and my children, Jack, Benny, and Vivi, you are my inspiration. Our family is my greatest achievement. I always came off the field and home to the most loving and supportive wife who has done all caps everything for our family to allow me to focus on my career. Her selflessness allowed me to reach new heights professionally. And I am beyond words what you mean to me and our family. Again, I don't want to over-dramatize this, but there is a story here that we may never hear and nor should we hear it. But Giselle told told him, me or the game. I, I believe I believe that this man had to make one more sacrifice and he didn't he doesn't mind making it. But we talk so much about Tom Brady, the, the player, Tom Brady, the athlete, Tom Brady, the leader, Tom Brady, the businessman. Now Tom Brady, the content creator. Now Tom Brady, the husband and father is for all intents and purposes and for the most part kept close to the vest kept pretty private. This was a very personal decision that probably came with a lot of tension. 
because nobody walks away at the height of the game of his game having mastered his craft willingly. He may be at peace okay. and he may well, be satisfied with what he accomplished, but I'm telling you the reason why there was why he denied it over the weekend and the reason why he said I'm taking it day to day last night is because he's up until the moment he hit sin and even after that he still wasn't sure and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if after that podcast last night Giselle said say bro come here for a second. Let's talk. How many times we've been over this cut the shit. Right. <laughs> okay, we're like That's this right. whole day to day. You're done. We're done. You're it's done. over. Let right. it go. That, I'm telling all you, right, that's go. what happened. And every man can relate to that. He could defeat Father Time. He could defeat all 32 franchise. When the missus speaks, that's a wrap. This is a married man making right. a decision today, and I respect it. All right. Yeah. Look, I respect the decision too. And and there are many. Th- I, I I do think marriage is a huge part of this story, if not the biggest. If it's if you're doing the pie chart, uh, give ninety percent, give ninety five percent to family. I believe. And that it probably too. All, it probably was but, always obvious, but, Michael. I, I I mean I'm not I'm not discovering fire here when I say that. Everybody alluded to family, his kids getting older. He yeah. said it. They, my kids need more from me. And if he can't give everything to the game, especially at this age, at the expense of his family. Yeah, maybe I should have seen this coming a long time ago the same way you but, did. But, but I swear, I'm going to point this out. Look, I, uh, I'm talking about what I know. And what I know uh, for sure is my own marriage. That's what I know for mm-hmm. sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. Now, I can mm-hmm. take the example of my, my lived uh, testimony about my marriage and, and, and try to uh, be understanding, empathic, uh, of people in other in other marriages, I don't know that, but I can t- try to you know lend my insight to that. And I, what I'm what I'm getting at is this: Tom Brady is walking away at the height of his game, but you know who else did that? His wife. She yeah. did too. Boom. She did exactly. too. Exactly. Boom. Okay. So so let's Hello. not let's not talk about. I don't want to talk about. Hey, well, you know, Brady is he is he's making a sacrifice, but he's not the only one in the family just looking from afar. So he's not the only one. He's reciprocating that sacrifice. Exactly. Who has yes, who has made a sacrifice. She was at oh, she was at bruh. the top of her Ooh. game. She's worldwide. Ooh. She's global. Let's, let's bring it home. Said, brother. Okay, but, let's bring it home. And, and so both, and look, both bring it Odie home. Holly and yes. Sarah Smith have yes. set aside their careers for us Thank to be you. the best versions that we could that we could be. So we know what it looks like. Absolutely. Giselle, I know what the it world's is. most famous model said, I will take care of the family. I will hold down the fort. You go do your thing. And she's asked him. He talked about a letter uh, that she wrote. It's like, hey, every time it's, our, it's my time. It's our time. You got something. Then you decide you want to do everything else but play football. No more. This is a love story. And she has loved him and loved his love of the game so long and given and sacrificed so much, not just her career, but also just giving him to the game. Shout out to Giselle for giving us Tom Brady for the last whatever amount of years it is that they've been together. That's what I'm saying. Like when people say when people say about uh, Brady, oh, I wish he had one more year. I don't. I don't. I feel like I feel like I'm intruding. 
You know, it's 22. <laughs> yeah, it's 22 <laughs> right. years. 22 right. years. Okay, right, this right. ain't none of my business. It's not my business be a family anymore. Man, dog. <laughs> now, now I'm being I'm being selfish. It's been 22 right. years. No, you're right. It gives you're a right. lot of you're joy. Right. You have. I said the and, same and think thing. about a guy. I said the think same about a guy thing. who has. Think about a guy who Mike. It's the first time in NFL history where you can say a guy has redefined the position without pointing to some like outlandish physical skill. Physical trait. Like, yeah. Okay, if if you look at uh, if you look at John Elway, if you look at you know Dan Marino, even if you look at some of these guys, yeah. you go, oh wow, right? Uh, Michael Vick, Patrick, you know, even that Patrick, what Patrick Mahomes is becoming. You know, a lot of these guys say, "Wow, he's so fast, he's so strong. Look at that arm; he can just flick it. It goes seventy yards, on and on." Tom Brady redefined it by being into it, by being passionate, by being uh, selfless, especially right. in his his generation with the Patriots and the winning. Like nobody has won like this just to be associated with winning so much so that he has totally screwed up our perspectives. And we say things yeah. like, well, that quarterback is the only one two Super Bowls or only yeah. one one. What? 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 Well, <laughs> like the New, England, the New England Patriots hadn't won one before he he took over. They had never won a Super Bowl in their history. Let's do this. Let me let me let me let me ask you pause. Pause there for a second because we, listen, I mean, it feels like we've given Tom Brady his flowers weekly, especially this season. Um, oh, yeah. And since we've started this show, I don't want to go, if you don't mind, I don't want to go too far down that path of celebrating him just yet. I do want to stay with just the announcement, if, if that's okay, because I don't want to get to, because you, you mentioned earlier, and I told you we'd get to it, uh, that you thought there was a glaring omission or, or you know, certain parties that's were conspicuous yeah, yeah. by their absence. So let's go ahead and tackle yeah. that. And then we'll, we'll come back. If you don't mind, we'll come back to the greatness of Tom Brady and, 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 and what he did and what he accomplished and the standard that he set. So I didn't think it was a big deal. I think, I think people are making too big of a deal out of him. Not initially mentioning the Patriots, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, New England yeah. in that Instagram post. He came back afterward. And, no, 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 and, no, 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 you know, no app shouted him out later. Oh, okay, hey, go bro, ahead. Represent Boston. Go ahead. Come on. Go ahead. Represent Boston. Go ahead, Mike. It ain't represent Boston. It's not representing Boston. This is what it is. Tom Brady, I, I told you he's associated with winning. He's also associated with, for the most part, doing things the right way, say the, the yep. right way, saying the, the right thing. Right. He's on brand. He is on brand. So you spend a generation. 20 years, 22 years in the league, but 20 years with the New England Patriots. And the, oh, you can't, you ain't got a word for me. You ain't got a word. You ain't got nothing to say about the Patriots after 20 years and six championships there. You got nothing to say about the team that drafted you in the sixth round. And, I'm and, sorry. and allowed you. And, no, no, I know you did something for them too. It wasn't, it wasn't one no. sided. One one sided. That's not what I was gonna say. That's not what I was gonna say. But I'll let you cook. I wasn't gonna say that. But go ahead. No, no, keep oh, cooking. Oh, no, I wasn't gonna I, say that. But go ahead. I, I, I think I know what you're gonna say. I, uh, can, can I guess? It's sure. My I don't want. But I, 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 is that well, it? Is that it? I, not it's that. My it's, I, it's say, that I, don't, I don't owe you nothing. It's that we just talked about how. Look, 
if this was what he, if this is what he always had in mind. This, this slot, this generic slideshow of a statement, which we're only clowning it because of beneath what we've come to expect from social media, Tom Brady. If this is what he had in mind, all look at while. that cleanup. That cleanup is like, look, that's a cleanup. It's not a cleanup. Yeah, it's only right. a cleanup because y'all in your feelings. Guys, hey, get out hey, of your feelings. No, He's retiring feelings. from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This Stop is not my, what I was going to what I was going to say. What I was going to say. No, what, yes, what I was going to say. Look, Franco, y'all get so y'all so edgy. He's gonna sign a Go one day contract, according to a source. There's gonna be a okay. ceremony. That's what I was going to say. This is not his Hall of Fame induction speech. When he's inducted into the Hall of Fame, everybody from the Back Bay to Nantucket to the vineyard will all get their thanks. Okay, they'll all get right. it. You may even get a shout out. He retired from the Buccaneers today. Okay, because whether y'all want to whether y'all want to accept it or not, the Patriots told him what they thought of him at the end and could have had him finish his career in New England. Instead, he retired from the Buccaneers. That's his last team. That's who he was with. Yeah, you wanted to thank his ex wife on the way out. Okay, the no, relationship no, that he no, is ending. No, that's who no, he's thanking. No. There'll be plenty of time to thank all the people that he played with in New England, all the people that he coached with and Belichick. We know how he feels about New England. Come on now. Didn't he say all of that when he left last time a couple of years ago? Didn't he hey, shout hey, him out Mike, before? Hold on. Come on, man. Hold on, hold on. Give me a second. Come on. Mike, give me a second. Stop with give that. Me a second. That was the most overblown and unfortunate part of today that, oh my God, Mike. Tom Brady didn't thank the Patriots. As if, no, as no, if no. we don't know what he did, what he did and how he feels about them. He ain't that petty. It was an oversight. Mike. You want a war. It was an oversight. I, how's how many people? How's it an oversight? Hey, Michael, blame how's my, blame my head. What, what, what they say at the Oscars, blame my head and not my heart. Okay, maybe, uh, I don't, you know, blame, I'm sorry. Dude, Just you sit down, yourself. how many words is that? Get over yourself. How many words is that? Get over how it. How many words? Ooh, hey, they, hey, they, hey, they hey, Mike. Belichick. Mike, hold on. Ooh, Mike, oh my hold God. That's what I tell my you. imaginary pearls. What? Can I tell you this, Mike? After 22 years of playing football, I'm just really emotional about those 39 games I played with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, that's what I'm really focused on today. Y'all just 39, mad. The 39 games. You still butter. 39 games. You still butter. 39 games. The Patriots screwed up. Come on. And he finished his career Overside. somewhere else. And God Ain't forbid no he flourished with another team. Y'all just mad. Right. Okay. This yeah. man. He flourished. Like, he, he, 39 he, all, games. he shouted out who he needed to shout out. He'll give. He'll yeah, okay. give. If he was sitting. He'll give. I'm he'll thinking give about career thanks later. I'm thinking later. about Tampa he'll give today because we, because remember way back in the day, we were, you know many years ago we won our Super Bowl. Oh, I'm sorry, it was last so, this year. This is so ridiculous. All, this is so ridiculous. All the all the teammates that I've had. No, you had. You no, are, you pretty much ran brand. it back. You're, you're, you're pretty much brand. ran it back. You ain't got no different teammates. You got <laughs> the same teammates right now. You got the same old coordinator, same D coordinator, same head coach. Same general manager. You ain't got oh like, uh, oh, uh, let me see if I can remember all the teammates I play with. No, no, just look at the team picture from last year. It's the same team, dog. It's the same team. <laughs> Are you talking? I, I can't believe you. 
I can't believe you. I can't you. believe you right it's now. A, God, can, can you not be a homer for once? You're not. Even, this, is, this is such a Boston talk radio is, take from you. This is perfect for NBC Boston. Sports Boston. When this you come not, here, I need you to leave the homer stuff at the door, okay? Nah, it ain't homer stuff. It is. Mike, it is. If I, like, who if cares? I work anywhere. Who cares? But, Mike, Why y'all got to make it about y'all all the time? Why do Boston people have to make it about them all the time? Let the man it's retire. It's in the dirty water. It's the dirty water. Boston, you're my home. It's in the dirty water anyway. But look, check it out. Y'all got six If you trophies. work somewhere, if you got, the, if you work somewhere for thirty years, you work somewhere for thirty years mm-hmm. or twenty years, uh-huh. and eighteen out of twenty, twenty out of twenty-two, twenty-eight out of thirty is at the same place. But then you ignore that place in your announcement. Okay, that ain't no right. Boston you know thing. You know that what? ain't no Homer you know thing. I'm gonna say That's one like, last oh, thing, bro. What's before up? Before we move on, I'm gonna say one last thing. Okay, I'm gonna say one last thing. Right. You, okay, fine. I'll go here. If right okay. now, right now, I if tomorrow I posted on Instagram and got 500 likes. Okay, which is probably all it would get. <laughs> if I got compared to three million that this dude has, it's incredible. Watch it. Yeah. If, if I, I got, if I, <laughs> if I post on Instagram, I am retiring from hot takes. I'm retiring from being a talking head. I'll be damned if I thank those people at that four letter network. Ooh, I don't care how many ooh, years ooh, I spent there yes, because it ended you. badly. Thank you. As all things thank do, you. they end yeah. badly. Okay. Otherwise, they wouldn't end. You know what I'm all thinking? Right. I'm thinking now Peacock and NBC Sports because that's now who I play for somewhere. and that's where I'm retiring. That's right. So damn okay. the Patriots, yeah, that, damn New England, you. and I'm There's saying that sitting from Connecticut. There's the answer. Okay, get over There's yourself. There's the answer. Stop. Get over you distilled yourself. it perfectly. That's the way you distilled it perfectly. You distilled it we perfectly like waiting. you usually do. <laughs> like you usually do. Let me just say, you distilled it perfectly like you usually do. But you spoke to something which is an issue here. You said it was a non-story. No, you said you ain't gonna thank them because it didn't end well there. Not immediately. And that's why. And that's why people are paying attention because if things had ended well there, you would thank them because you spent 15 years there. Damn it. And you, so, you know what you just did? So, you pushed me into a place that I didn't want to go. I, there no, you go. I let my personal feelings cloud my judgment, okay? There'll be plenty of time to thank the Patriots. Before we go to our first guest, let's listen to more of what Brady had to say on his Let's Go podcast last night. I don't know. I know when the time's right. So, like I've always said, it's, you know, I'm very blessed to play as long as I had, you know, as, as, as things have gone on in the later parts of my career, whether that was five years ago or, you know, even this year, you know, there's a lot of interest in when I'm going to stop playing. And I understand that. I don't, it's not that I don't recognize that just when I, when I know I'll know. And when I don't know, I don't know. And I'm not going to, you know, race to some conclusion about that. All right, let's talk now to a man who actually knows Tom Brady, who knows what he's talking about when it comes to Tom Brady and above all is doing God's work on NBC Sports Boston, trying <laughs> oh, to wow. keep Michael wow. Holly in line. Okay, that's hard to do. So it's hard to do. Well, He's an opinionated son, so of, son of a gun, Bruh, Let's be honest. Bruh, I do it that five days wrong. a week. Okay, I need to raise just off that, man. It's good to see you. It's been so oh, long. Listen, listen. It's really good to see. Oh, you. It's great hey, to see, Mike. Don't try to. <laughs> hey, look. Don't try to turn my, my dog Castle against me. We, we got we no. got atomic dog. We got atomic oh, dog in common. Always, like, always have atomic we, dog in common. Yeah, so I mean that's my boy. Michael and I were just going at each other's throats. I don't know if you heard it or not. Oh, yeah, Matt, I heard Mike it. It was a all... nice hot take. Like, you guys were all oh. over each other. I came in, I was like, whoa, I don't even know what I'm going to bring to this conversation right now. 
So was it a big deal that Brady didn't mention the Patriots in his initial statement this morning? I think for the people of Boston, it's a big deal for across the country and the nation, even myself, I'm not sitting there like going, oh, I can't believe he didn't do it. Because if you look back just two years ago, he gave like a full breakdown and thank New England, thank the Patriots, thank Belichick, talk about the organization, Mr. Kraft, what he meant in his career. And he just did that. I think it would have been kind of repetitive if he went through that whole diagnosis again. So with that being said, I, you know, I understand that he probably should have mentioned, gave, gave a little shout out to his boys, New England for 20 years of his career. But at the end of the day, he did just do that two years ago when he left New England and went to Tampa Bay. That's all I'm going to say. So I think it's a bigger story in Boston. A lot of people are a little a bit hurt about it. Thank I you, get Matt. it. Appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. I, yep. th I, thank you so much. Appreciate I, it. Go ahead, Mike. Go first ahead. of all, yeah, that, <laughs> I, uh, Michael <laughs> I'm and just Matt, saying. I, I, I'm just telling you, I don't even know why you guys are talking about that because the bigger story today is Tom Brady retiring. I don't know why you guys are focusing <laughs> on who it is. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are focusing on this. <laughs> like, why would you bring that up? I don't even know. I, you know, yeah. Castle, I want to talk about uh, Brady's career. But no, seriously, uh, Castle, are you... I mean, is it settling in yet? Because I'm really having a hard time just thinking Tom Brady's retired. Right. Because I, I, I didn't think it was going to come uh, at the beginning of this year. I thought, well, we got about two, three more years before this happens. Just how do you reconcile that Tom Brady no longer playing football? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's crazy to think about that. We're not going to see 12 out on the field anymore. I think sometimes we took it for granted, particularly later in the in his career, because he's performing at such a high level. You know, when you lead the league in passing, when you lead the league in touchdowns at 44, you just think it's going to continue, right? He, he's got, it's not like any of his skill set or anything like that had diminished. He hadn't fallen off the map. Like, you look at Roethlisberger, it was time to go for him, right? But when you look at Brady, it's like, well, he can keep going, and he will because he loves the game. But ultimately, it was inevitable that that it was going to happen sooner or later. Right. And I always thought he was going to play at least one more year. He always said that 45 was the big number, but at the end of the day, look, he, everybody's got to make that decision. I think he's probably looking at the team, what it's going to look like. Probably no Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin's up, all those different things, plus the factor of the family, right? It's got to play an enormous an enormous play in, in terms of just what his decision was. And ultimately, that's what it came down to. And he, he called it quits. And I think, you know, he probably feels good about the fact that he left this game on top and he didn't leave walking away, hobbling away. He left on top of this game and was still playing at such a high level. Matt, I don't know if you're still waiting for that text or not uh, that you mentioned yeah. on Saturday, which is probably <laughs> the best tweet of the day. And there were a lot of tweets sent out on Saturday. Um, but Michael and I were talking and again. I'm just I'm just spitballing from afar. I, I don't have sources close to Brady. I, I don't know Brady, but there are many people who have reported that Brady knew not just before not just Saturday, but knew when he walked off the field against the Rams knew for a while that this was it. I, I don't believe it, and maybe I'm just in denial about it. I think, and, and, and you talked about it a second ago, as we talked about at the top of the show, I think this was a, you know, to, it's very personal, but a very tense decision-making process as a family. I think he still wanted to play, but realized that he had sacrificed enough as a father and a husband that he could not give everything necessary to continue playing at this level I don't want to use the word ultimatum, but I really think the family thing was it. I think he wanted to play and was torn. So was he more torn about the decision as you understand it? Or had he known for a while? And that's why it was starting to kind of trickle out 
uh, before the Rams game. Right. He never really let on that he, this was his last hurrah or anything like that. And I think it was a decision that, that definitely the family had a huge impact on whether or not he was going to play this year. That's got to be that because, again, he loves the game of football, right? He wouldn't still be playing with all of his accomplishment and everything, the money that he's made. He doesn't have to play another snap. But at the end of the day, he said, look, I want to go to Tampa Bay. I want to continue to play. I still got something to offer the game. And, and he did it. So as a competitor, this has got to be excruciating. And it got to be really difficult for him to walk away from the game. But he, hopefully he's at peace with the decision and understands it's for the better uh, for his family, for his kids. He's accomplished everything anybody could ever want in a football career. He's a legend. He's made his imprint on the game he's got nothing else to accomplish but at the end of the day i'm sure it was a really difficult decision but it doesn't surprise me that if he did know before saturday the way that he did walk off he walked off with class it was never about him it was about the team it was about the moment and it, it wasn't like he wanted that you know big big huge fanfare where he's going to walk around parade himself around because he's never been about himself it's always been about the team and that that speaks to the man that he is and the teammate that he is and the person that he is you mentioned the teammate that he is and i i love you know how brady does this I, i'll go macro then i'll go micro because you've got a part yeah. in this I, I feel like you know brady is uh, he's the poster for for some of his teammates. Okay, he was the poster on the wall and they come in, you know, especially uh, when he got into his 40s and he's got teammates in their early 20s. They've seen him win Super Bowls. They've seen him uh, accomplish some great things and now they've got to be in the locker room and he's got to do something to connect with them. And as you get more distant in age, it's harder. It's harder to do that. But you found a way uh, to connect with Tom Brady in ways that are very funny. Uh, I'm going to take some of your tips and use them on Michael Smith. Uh, could you just give Michael uh, an example or two of what you did to Tom Brady just to get his attention a little bit in the locker room? Are you talking about a little prank war? Is that what we're talking about, Michael? Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. you know what? I mean, well, we, we had a comfortable relationship, and it really started even my rookie year. Like, like we start, I started working out, and he didn't have a workout partner. He came over, and he knew that, look, I was in there working hard, and he's like, hey, why don't we work out together? And everything was a competition, right? So we got comfortable. We got comfortable on the field, off the field. We hung out. And at the end of the day, though, I was comfortable enough to one, – one, I think it was my second year. I would swing the door open coming into the, the quarterback room, and he'd always sit right by the door. I was like, why doesn't this dude ever move up? But he'd always yell at me like, you're going to knock me out, Castle, this, that, and the other. Well, he knew. He saw I was coming in with a big tray of food, put his foot up against the wall, and then uh, against the door, I opened up, bam, all over me. Well, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to get you back. So I took the Gator. You know those old school Gatorade, like the chocolate ones, the real thick ones? He had these uh, Air Force ones that he'd wear every day, and they're clean. He'd always have them perfect. He probably had a rotation of them. I poured those things in his and filled them up to the brim, his Air Force Ones. Then I took that atomic bomb, put it that in his underwear, and I was like, I'm out. So I get dressed. I'm out. I'm like, cool. Uh, he'll deal with me in the morning. Well, he runs out with this huge shake. I was fully dressed, and he pours it all over me. And Well, it starts, right? <laughs> and so the next day, I come in, and he had messed with my jersey. He put some some crap all over my jersey and all this. I was like, all right, that's cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crap in your helmet, right? That's what I, I was just – I was uh, look, I was kidding. I probably wouldn't do that. Maybe I would. I don't know. But I go out okay. to the practice – I go out 
at the practice field. Nonetheless, he wants me to call him Daddy Longshanks, right? Daddy Longshanks. I was like, bro, I'm not calling you that. I'm going to get you back. <laughs> he's like, you got until the beginning of practice, Castle. If you don't, you're going to be sorry. I was like, dude, whatever. Like, not anticipating really anything other than something, something like minor. Well, I come in, my, my and everybody's crowded around my locker. Everybody's laughing. There's three tires in front of my locker. He put my car on blocks. He put one of the tires he hid in the facility somewhere. <laughs> he didn't give them back for three days. He, I had to get rides to practice, rides home. Ellis Hobbs, I was wearing him out. I'm like, E Hobbs, can you please give me a ride home right now? Dude, he wouldn't give him back. But the best part about the story was a day later, we're going up and we used to have like walkthrough in the, uh, in, in the area. What's the, where, where's the high ticket prices called up there in the stadium? Like Nonetheless, the we used to, yeah, and like the sweet oh, the area, red, like the yeah, red, yeah, yeah. the red sweets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so you had that big open area, and we do our walkthroughs in there mm -hmm. on cold days. Well, Matt Light, Cope, and those guys, of course, thought it would be a great idea to like let's keep this thing going. So they went and got packing peanuts, filled up his car to the brim, put confetti in his uh, air conditioning unit, and then when we're up there, they're all laughing. They're like, "Brady, he got you again," and I'm like, "What are they talking about?" And I walk over there and I look up, and it's filled to the brim of peanuts and Brady's like, I'm going to kill you. I was like, dude, this guy's going to explode my car. Like, I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> right. And then thank God Bill stepped in. He like put, put it, put it down. He like said, look, this is no longer world war three. Somebody's going to get hurt. This, that, and the other should <laughs> shut it down. I was like, okay, thank God. But I mean, it's stuff like that. And people, I mean, the, the fun locker room stuff. I mean, the one thing you said that about him relating to younger players, the one thing about Brady, I'll say he always stayed young because that dude was up to date on his music and he, was always blaring it he loves his jay-z he loves to turn it on in the weight room and i think that's how sometimes he builds relationships with people too is they're like this dude's a normal dude but you you know what we see if, uh, from the media is not always what is presented to like his team and how cool he is and how down to earth he is yeah no that's awesome stuff man i, I listen that just I, i'm thinking like thin line you know between love and hate like where's the justice they broke me down in my brake pads <laughs> like i can't you, you would no tires on your car is crazy Listen, man, but I actually, I got cars one question on for you. His cars are right? blocks. That's, I just, I want a life lesson, if you could, pass one on, because, it, it, you know, not to get too deep, but I'm wondering, in that quarterback room, in that weight room, those, those professional and personal times you spent with, you know, one of the greatest athletes in American sports history, American team sports history, is there a universal lesson, uh, a habit, a characteristic or trait that regardless of your arena, regardless mm -hmm. of what you do, that if more people adopted and applied, they would be winners at life that you mm -hmm. learn from Tom Brady is from being around Tom Brady watching him. What special quality did he did he have that we could all stand to gain and learn to be more successful? Yeah, you know what I, I think his ability to to lead people. And when I say that, I mean it in so many different facets. He did it not only by the words that he spoke and being relatable to people and taking the time out of his day to make sure that he said hello to everybody from Randy Moss down to the gentleman that was the janitor, knew him by name, knew all the training staff, treated everybody with respect. Then in addition to that, it was his actions, how he performed in the weight room, how he, he allowed people to see him go in there. And even though he wasn't the best athlete in the world, they saw him work at his craft constantly, how he would step it up the intensity and, and on the practice field on a 
daily basis, how he'd go out there and take his time to throw extra routes. If there was a route pattern that was new, he'd spend extra time at practice, you know, going through what we're trying to conceptually achieve, speaking to those guys, you know, forcing them to be bigger than themselves. And he always strived not just to be great, but to be the greatest. And that's how it was his approach in everything that he did. And it wasn't just in the locker room. It was outside the locker room. It was on the field. And he just had tremendous work habits too. And he took care of himself. He did everything that you would think uh, a person of his caliber would do. And it was all encompassing, right? From his leadership to his team, to his teammates and how his teammates respected him to what he said. He didn't ever just spoke to, to be heard. He spoke with a purpose and there was always a purpose behind it. And so it's, it's tough to pinpoint one thing, but I'm telling you, it's just, it was fascinating to be around him and to be around his greatness on a consistent basis, because I know as a young player, he had such an impact on me moving forward to how I led and how I interacted with people, how I respected people, because look, Tom Brady was Tom Brady. He won three Super Bowls, And when coaches would chew him out or Belichick would come at him strong, guess what he'd do? He said, yes, yes, coach. Like, he wasn't one of those guys that are going to say, well, screw the system, screw that, and just disrupt the whole thing. He's going to say, you know what? I understand that he's trying to make a point and let me be part of the group and let the other players see me as part of, of the team rather than above the team. And that's what I always respected about him and everything that he did. Well, look, man, you've been an incredible teammate today, man. You took the call last minute. Matt Thank Castle, you, can you come on? Yeah, hey, I got you. I got you, man. I got hey, you. So I, I got you. you. You guys are my boys. It's good to see you guys. And hey, you guys can get good back to, to just you yelling too. at each other. I can't wait to hear the rest. No, <laughs> that's no, the whole I, show. Look, and, and, that's right. And now that's the whole show. Monday I haven't seen Friday. you. I haven't seen you in years, and I'm still your favorite, Michael. I mean, you no, see him all the time, and yet you came in and I immediately decided with me. I mean, I love my Michael. Let's go. Let's go. I love you guys. All, All right. right, that'd be good, All man. All right, great to be with you All guys. Right, See you. All Thanks right, so much, For the better part of this century, for half of the last 20 years, we spend the first week of February, uh, the first week of Black History Month, celebrating a white man. It's an annual <laughs> tradition. In other words, every That's February stuff. Is, is Tom Brady Appreciation Week, it feels like. This is 10 yeah. times he's been in a Super Bowl. And 10 times we have extolled and lauded the virtues of the greatest quarterback of all time. I said that a year ago. There's your answer, Michael. Brady withheld the announcement to February. To Black History Month. That's right. Right. Because I told you. Wow. Black don't crack. And that's his secret. That's what happened. I love it. (laughs) That's the answer. Who knew? We're breaking news today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I think my motivation for, for playing football is to is to win and be successful. And maybe there's little parts of motivation that come from different places or what people may say or think. But mo- I'm mostly motivated from uh, inside. And 
you know, wanting to be the best for my teammates and my coaches and my organization. You know, what's interesting is the ripple effect this is going to have around the league, Michael. Um, yeah. Players, talent that otherwise possibly wouldn't have been available if Brady would have run it back and the Bucks would have tried to keep the band together again could change the fortunes of other teams around the league yeah. looking for an infusion mm -hmm. of talent. And let's go around the league now with our buddy Steve Weiss from, uh, from NFL Network. We'll get to that in a second. But actually, I mean, Steve, you've been covering this league for decades now. I don't mean to date you. Uh, but, I mean, uh, you know, for the last 22 years, been covering this story of the 199th pick, sixth round of the NFL draft that would go on to be the greatest quarterback and some would argue the greatest player ever. The game always goes on. We all know that. However, this is the greatest. What kind of void does Tom Brady not playing quarterback leave in the NFL moving forward? You know, that, that's a great question because, guys, we all cover the NBA. and We were like, what kind of void is Michael Jordan when he's finally done going to leave? And like you said, the game went on. Superstars emerged. But, you know, now what's going to happen is now that he's not playing, you don't have the guy that you love or you hate or you hate on the field. So, you know, you just got that that incredible antagonist protagonist who you know always had a chance to beat your team or win, win for your team on the field. Um, but just in terms of just the outright face of the NFL, it's Tom Brady. I mean, the flake gate didn't diminish that. Tom Brady is the guy everyone associates with greatness in the NFL, clutch play in the NFL. And so that's, you know, that's where the void is. I mean, in terms of talent, you're going to have the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allens and the Joey Burrows and guys like that step up and emerge as the next generation of guys. But I seriously doubt we're going to see a, another player win seven, especially, you know, think about the great years with New England. Rob Gronkowski is probably the only offensive player he played with that has a shot to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. When you think about all of the other great quarterbacks, you mean for the majority the of that player's career? I mean, yeah. Moss. What Moss is in? Oh, you mean so that? Well, Moss is in, but I mean, I mean, Moss is there. Okay, you don't consider so, him a Patriot as much. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can. We could say Randy Moss, yeah. you know. But I mean, it's, it's kind of yeah. like the Dan Marino thing. Like, how many great offensive players yeah. do you play with? Tom Brady. Tom Brady made. I mean, he is the ultimate kingmaker, right? He no is question, the ultimate no kingmaker, and, and so. I think that's really what his legacy players, besides the championships will end up being. Players, coaches. Players, coaches, media. I mean, let's be honest about people, this thing. Like, hey, he's made bro. a lot of people yep. a lot of money over the years. <laughs> yep. His trainer, Alex Guerrero. He's got a lot of people paid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I told Mike before, look, man, we... You know, he, he took care of the living room. Hey, Tom Brady, Tom Brady got, got us our living room. So we're good. We're good. We, we love Tom Brady uh, in the Holly household. Uh, Steve, what, what moment, what interaction stands out most to you? What Tom Brady moment or interaction stands out for you? Just your personal interaction with him. Well, I've never had a, a ton of personal interaction other than like press conferences. But I tell you what was really one of the coolest things. So you guys know I do a bunch of stuff at the Pro Football Hall of Fame every year. I'm down in kind of the backstage stuff with with all the players. And so this year when Peyton Manning was going in, you know, I come around a corner, like the, there's a little green room underneath the stage. And so it's just mountains of greatness, you know, gathered in this room. And I come around the corner and here's Peyton and Tom 
to stand there face to face. These two arch rivals, clearly two good friends now, and they're talking. I walk up, hey, congratulations, good seeing you, Tom. Both of them, what's up? They're just, they're just, you know, like you know, again, again, and this is, and this is just, you know, our athletes, you know, as we're fans, you know, we we have them on this holy pedestal, but they're, you know, in essence, every man. And so, you know, Tom is just kind of that dude, and it goes to, you know, anybody, and you guys know this, anybody he's played with, any coaches coaching will tell you, Tom is the dude who will make the practice squad guy feel special. We'll take extra reps with that guy. Yeah, Tom is making himself better by having this guy run after practice because all his receivers are tired. But at the same time, this dude is feeling special. And, you know, he had that effect. And that's why when he went down to Tampa Bay with new team, new coaches in the midst of COVID where they couldn't gather for most of the offseason, he was able to fit right in and raise everyone's level of play just because of the human being he is that actually paralleled the competitor that he is. Steve, this is just a footnote, uh, but we're reporters or, you know, I used to be a reporter, um, you know, so we're curious. What is your theory? Some of my, be- some of my best friends are reporters, right? <laughs> yeah. what, oh, is, what is your theory? What is your theory about the last several days and just how it all unfolded? I mean, it was whispers and it became rumors and became, you know, don't be surprised if this is his last game leading up to the playoffs and uh, the Rams game. And then afterward, you know, you have several well-connected people reporting it only for Brady and the Bucks and Brady's dad to go out of their way to deny that a decision was made. He even went on his own podcast last night and talked about, I'll know when I know. And 12 hours later, here's a, a statement on Instagram. What's your theory as to the, how this sausage was made, if you will? It's interesting because the two reporters who broke it, Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington, are very, very tight with Brady's agent and Brady himself. So, you know, when it came out, I was kind of like, okay, these guys are connected. They're they're so they're such pros that, you know, they're not just they're not just throwing the spaghetti on the wall to see if it sticks. And so when it came out a little bit later, like, hey, the Bucks haven't been told, Tom Brady's upset, you know, he hasn't. He hasn't, you know, decided when he's going to make his announcement. There was never any denial to the report. There was never any denial that this isn't true. This is hearsay, right? There was never any denial. Of it. And we've been there, guys. We have gotten ahead of stories that maybe broke a little sooner than people wanted them to break. And there's a little bit of outrage. And, you know, we as reporters are nervous, like, oh, my God, I hope I didn't get this wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sleeping but, in a fetal position. Yeah. <laughs> correct. But, you know, when it comes out to yeah. be true, you're like, okay, the thing is, and this is probably me as I've gotten older, sometimes I play the fairways instead of the greens, right? I'm playing mm-hmm. the long game by mm-hmm. saying, instead of me going ahead and sinking this shot on five on the par three, I'm going to play the long game because some of the post-news interviews and opportunities to really do you know, some really good storytelling pieces might be a little bit more meaningful than actually sure. breaking the news that he's retiring. But, but I get it. I mean, right. again, yeah. those two dudes are totally piped into Brady's camp. And, and so yeah. well, it, that's it's the, more a matter of timing. It's more of a matter of timing than actual accuracy. But see, that's the thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm being stubborn here. I said this earlier. I think not the literal source. Well, I, I mean, I like to speculate on people's sources. But go back to that phrase, Brady's camp. I think Brady was the last person to know that he was going to retire. I really I think I think that he was wrestling with this. I think he wasn't certain. I think his wife and his kids said that's it. 
and he knew that he was fighting a losing battle. And at this thing, at least internally, was still in his mind, at least, if for nobody else, in his mind, up for discussion. Maybe you call it cold feet. When everybody around him, starting with the boss of his household, knew that this was it. So the report, I think more than one thing is true here. I don't, because I, because I struggled to believe that Brady just lied in order to announce it on a Tuesday with an Instagram statement. Like, because it's very anticlimactic when it was already reported on Saturday. He could have just gone with it if he wanted to. My point, Steve, is I believe, this is my belief, looking at all the things, that the sourcing was right, that he was going to retire, but he was still struggling and wrestling with it until he couldn't hold out any longer and had no, to get sent. That's my no, no, my theory it, is this. He knew, he, knew, he knew what he was going to do. It was a matter of timing because you saw the reports earlier the, earlier during the week that he's going to make a decision and the timing of that decision, he does not want it to disrupt championship weekend or any maybe some of the hoopla from the fallout. Those were the reports leading up to this. So it sounded like his decision was made once they were knocked out of the playoffs by the Rams the week before. And so maybe he started letting some people close to him know. So let me ask you this. So let me ask you this. Yep. We're just in the interest of time. Let me ask you this. So once it breaks on Saturday, once TB12 posts it, why go through the charade of having them deleted, having the Bucks say he hasn't called and told us anything? Why have everybody lie on his behalf only to drop it on Tuesday? What's the significance of dropping it today? If he didn't want, if it was already out Saturday, why do you, why do you sit there you and fight so hard it. against it? You already said it. You already said the significance. Didn't we just hear about Black History Month? I was, jo- I was joking. What the significance here? <laughs> That's why oh, I did it man. today. Dang, you, you said you Mike's accusing him of taking the twenty dollar bill away from Harriet Tubman. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, Tom. We, we've seen this. Tom is the master of his own message. He's incredible on social media. He is incredible at delivering his own message. And somebody got to spoil the greatest to ever do it, you know, way out. I mean, look, Sean Payton got to determine he didn't want to coach anymore. He got to go out on his own terms. Tom Brady probably wanted to go out on his own terms. And the fact that somebody leaked it, again, to two very plugged-in reporters, had to annoy the hell out of him. Clearly annoyed the hell out of him, which is why it is anticlimactic right now. I mean, it's just a matter of timing, but I'm sure Tom just wanted to control the narrative as he has about all of his business throughout his entire career. Well, uh, Steve, I, I'm wondering, uh, and you tell me, you, know, you we all uh, love team building and have interviewed, you know, general managers and coaches and those who, who build championship organizations. I'm wondering, if, if, when I look at Tom Brady and what he's accomplished, have we learned our lesson? Have team builders learned their lesson about Tom Brady and the overlooked thing, which really drove him a lot, really got his attention. I'll put it that way. I won't say it drove him, but it got his attention and it gave him an extra push. You know, and the reason I ask you that question is here's a guy who was 20 and 5 at Michigan. He was a team captain. Uh, he won his last game in a comeback, last college game. You know, played in bad weather games, big guy, 6'4, athletic, you know, two sport athlete, football and baseball. And yet he was a six round pick. I- I'm wondering if there's a guy, if there's a project coming out right now, like Tom Brady, is there, is the NFL now saying, oh, wait a minute, we need to invest in this guy, or are we still so caught up in big arm, big, you know, fast, strong? Have we learned our lesson because Tom Brady showed us a different way? No, but the dynamic is different. 
right? Coaches have a much shorter shelf life, right? If you don't get that quarterback and at least compete for a playoff berth, if not a championship berth, while that quarterback's on a rookie contract, you're gone. I mean, how many people have, you know, get the type of latitude that Bill Belichick got? Remember Tom Brady's first three Super Bowls, those teams were led by Richard Seymour, Teddy Bruschi, William McGinnis, and Ty Law. It, they were led by the defense and the running game and the greatness of Bill Belichick, who's had a ton of different offensive coordinators, is they transformed themselves. You're talking about Randy Moss earlier from a short control ball offense to a vertical offense. So, no, right now teams are like, we got to get the big, fast, mobile, or strong arm guy. We got to get the coach who can coach him up, right? And we got to get, you know, people in the stands and compete for a championship while this guy's on a rookie contract. Otherwise, I'm out of here. And we see it over and over again. And that's where the dynamic of just the overall longevity of self-preservation of head coaches has changed what we saw with Belichick and Brady. Um, last thing I got on this for you, and I touched on it earlier. What's the domino effect here in terms of you know where the Bucks go at quarterback? Uh, we obviously took what Kyle Trask out of Florida, what second round last year, if I'm not mistaken, um, or, or some of their free agents, notable free agents that may end up on another team because they're less inclined to take a discount to running back or what have you. What's the domino effect of Brady walking away? around the league. Yeah, look, I mean, this is the year where the Bucks have to clean up their cap. So you might see guys, okay, Tom's not here, so we're not going to try to run it back. Let's let Sue go. Let's let Fournette go. Maybe Gronk retires. Maybe maybe Sue retires. Maybe some of these big contract guys that they had on short-term deals, they go ahead and walk away. Now the Bucks enter the market of okay, do we get a do we draft a quarterback and develop? Do we go out and get a, a Jimmy G type? There's all kinds of things like this cuz you look at the NFC South now, the Panthers are, are in, in kind of chaos. The Bucks don't have Brady. Maybe Bruce Arians walks away and Todd Bowles or Brian Leffert takes over. The Saints, they're in salary cap hell and Sean Payton walked away. If you're the Atlanta Falcons, there's no excuse now where you're, where you're not competing for the division. But the Bucks join the, the, uh, the just probably more than a dozen teams now. They're going to get into the quarterback market, whether free agency trade or draft. And there aren't those two or three stud quarterbacks out there who are going in the top ten. So, again, they are now in the mix of what they do. But I think you're going to see more of them kind of step back to the salary cap cleanup and do kind of a rebuild more so than to try to get, get back in the competitive ranks in the next year. Steve Weiss, we appreciate you, brother. Man, we will see you in a couple of days uh, in L.A. Yes. Um, and we will Come on. chop it up out there, man. Looking forward Keep to it, my fellas. Work. Also looking forward to seeing you uh, on hosting Inspired Change, man. That's uh, that looks like awesome, uh, awesome platform. And um, and I'm glad you're doing that. that. Yes, me too. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you big time. All right, bro. Be good. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal. And when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Michael, we have breaking news uh, just in the last 20 minutes. And emphasis on breaking. Uh, because yeah. this might be the thing um, that breaks this cycle. Um, 
We didn't talk about this much yesterday because we were responding to the conference championship games. Obviously, Brady retired today, but um, there are still five, I believe, head coaching vacancies. Uh, four have been filled. Still interviews ongoing. So still hope that by the end of this cycle, there will be more than one black NFL head coach. There have been two black general managers fired or hired, I beg your pardon, out of the three yeah, general manager right. vacancies. But so far, right. no black coach is hired. Still, Mike Tomlin is the only black coach. As a matter of fact, Mike, on the last three coaching cycles, there have been 27 openings and three black coaches hired, which brings us to today. Yeah, what happened to them? Which brings up, well, one of them is filing a class action lawsuit. Brian Flores is firing a class action lawsuit against the National Football League and each of its franchises for racial discrimination. Uh, The lawsuit says in part, Mr. Flores has determined that the only way to effectuate real change is through the courts, where the NFL's conduct can be judged by a jury of Mr. Flores' peers, a judgment that is long overdue. Some of the things that are trickling out, and we're, and we're reacting to this in real time, people. Some of the yeah. things that are trickling out are explosive. Texts yeah. from allegedly from Bill Belichick that Belichick tells his former assistant Brian Flores that the Giants are hiring Brian Dayball three days before Flores was scheduled to interview with the Giants. Um, there's another allegation that uh, before getting the Dolphins job, Flores interviewed with the Broncos, a meeting for which then general manager John Elway was an hour late and appeared to be hungover. Flores claims that he was only interviewed for that job because of the Rooney Rule, which came about, as you'll recall, through the threat of litigation. Um, And there's another allegation, and I'm sure there are many once we get a chance to actually read through the lawsuit, but another allegation that the reason why he was dismissed from the Dolphins is he did not cooperate with the directive to tank in 2019 and that Stephen Ross offered to pay him six figures per loss. Um, I'll keep reading and let you talk, but I'll just, I'll, I'll start by saying bravo, Brian Flores. Um, uh, he yeah, knows that yeah. he knows he's taking one for the team here. Uh, yeah, he knows no that this is bigger no than him. Uh, he actually has a statement that I could uh, that I could read for you real quick uh, before you uh, before you get started. He says, uh, "In making the decision to file the class action complaint today, I understand that I may be risking coaching the game that I love and that has done so much for my family and me. My sincere hope is that by standing up against systemic racism in the NFL, others will join me to ensure that positive change is made for generations to come." Your thoughts, you know, hey, listen, man, I'm so glad to, you know, I'm so glad to be having these conversations with you. I, you know, I I know we say that every now and then, you know, and we say it in different uh, in different scenarios. Sometimes, you know, if it's a a player that we both like a subject, you know, we both nerd out on the draft and things like that. But I'm I'm glad to have this conversation with you because as as people know, people who have followed us know, our, our relationship, your, your relationship, our relationship goes 
much deeper than this show. So I was just talking to you earlier today. I was just talking to you earlier day earlier today about uh, Black History Month and Malcolm X and how I was I was reading this great book. Uh, the dead are rising. It came out last year. I was reading this book on Malcolm X and how I went back and listened to uh, the ballot or the bullet again. Malcolm's eloquent prophetic speech. One of the great speeches of the 20th century. And look at my feed, Mike. Before I had that conversation with you, I had in my feed at the very bottom. I have lift every voice, which, as you know, is the black national anthem. But I said, but but double entendre lift every voice. In this situation, lift your voice this month, because there's so many things going on that need to be called out. that need to be defined that need to be exposed. That's what I was talking about, inspired by Malcolm X, inspired by Martin Luther King. These brothers were 39 years old when they lost their lives. And think about all the things they accomplished and how, uh, the, the courage they both showed to speak about some of the ills in society. Brian Flores is 40 years old, and as he said in that statement, when you, make, when you call out injustice, when you call out bias, and people don't want to be called out. They don't want to be made uncomfortable. It's a sacrifice and it probably will cost you a head coaching opportunity, but it needed to be done. And he did it. I, I just feel I feel I'm proud of Brian Flores for doing this, but I'm sick that it has come to this, that this is necessary to, I, I guess, hopefully take us to another level when it comes to NFL owners, NFL general managers looking at coaches, players, general managers, or potential but, general managers like Brian Flores with some humanity and with some so, fairness. This has been on my so, mind, man. This has been on my mind for a long time. So this idea that this could cost him his career. If it does, if he is Kaepernick, if he is Eric Reeded, if you will. Yeah, that would only serve to confirm. Yeah, what a good old boys, right? Racist club NFL ownership is. So if the first if the if the first law of nature is self preservation, it would behoove the NFL to not, for lack of a better phrase, blackball or most specifically whiteball Brian Flores from future employment, yeah. given his track record, because all that would do is prove the point. That's 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 the first thing. So this idea that this could cost him his job. That's how we have been conditioned to operate for years for and when I say years, I mean centuries. You know that if you rock the boat, you risk losing it all. So this is no small step. This is most no small sacrifice for Brian mm. Flores because the easy thing would have been to go along to get along. So yeah. I asked this question a couple of weeks ago, and I think we had uh, Shalice Young on the show that day. 
I asked the question. I said, how do how does the NFL solve its unsolvable black coach problem? Because there are fellowships and programs and people doing the work to make coaching candidates not only more attractive, but connect them with upper management, upper management that remains predominantly white white. Obviously, we know there are no black owners. There's one owner of color, Shah Khan, but no black owners. NFL won't solve it. Even the black NFL GM. Well, that's that's what I'm going. That's what I'm getting to. That's where I'm going. The and even those black GMs, not to say that, you know, they got to be the plug. But in Chicago, they hired another white coach, even though they just hired a black GM. So black more black GMs is the answer. We can't assume that more black owners is the answer. And, and not to mention how many black owners are we going to get? Which brings us to today. So here is the answer to my question weeks ago. You and I have been having this conversation for decades. For, I've been writing about years. this since yeah. my career started 20 years ago. Yeah. Writing about the yeah. Rooney rule writing about the flaws in the system, writing about the double standards. You and I lost our minds when Brian Flores got fired. You and I went in yeah. on the Texans when David Culley got fired. It's been the same shit, different toilet, same song, different verse for years. That's this why I asked you what happened question. That's this what I asked you. This is the answer to my question. Well, they're not employed. The answer is they're not employed. I mean, it's obvious. No, no, no. But, not, no I, I, no. This, this, this is, I mean, I, I want you to continue because you got it going, but I just wanted yeah. to point out just the math when you said uh, the yeah. last, the hiring cycle, uh, last tw out hiring of 27 cycles. is it three? All right. Yes, so three black coaches hired. Three. So Brian Flores, who, who, who was fired David after Cully. his team won eight of nine games, David Cully, who was fired after one year. Who's the other one? Steve Wilkes? Who's the other one? Last three hiring cycles would not be Steve Wilkes. Okay. Um, All right. It's, it's, so it's escaping I, me at the moment. Yeah, okay. obviously had a cup I, I of coffee. But 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 see, but that tells the story. That, doesn't that tell the story? It tells the story. You got one guy, the team is on the rise, and they get rid of him because hey, he didn't get along with the general manager. Or, you know, there were some things with the culture. It's like always like it's vague. One guy is brought into a terrible he takes a terrible job, does the best job you can in that situation, and is out after a year and we'll figure out who the third guy is. But I just wanted to point out that, you know, even those three who were hired, they got a raw deal, but go ahead. Hmm. Um, give me a second. Um, point being, This is the only thing that's going to get their attention. And here's a statement from Brian Flores. God has gifted me with a special talent to coach the game of football, but the need for change is bigger than my personal goals and making the decision to file the class action complaint. I understand that I may be risking uh, the game that I love. Um, yeah, I, I, you got you, you kind of you're, you're stumping me. I wonder if it's Anthony Lynn. It might be Anthony Lynn. Um, that was the last three that I referenced. I saw the number, but yeah. I apologize. I got a lot going through my head right now. But point being, I know. Hey, listen. Yeah. I, point I got being, you. no, no, no. This apologies. is the, this is the answer to my question. This is what I, this is the point I was trying to make. 
This is the answer to my question of, of how to solve the unsolvable problem. It is mess with their money. It is, it is, it is somebody has to sacrifice in order to, somebody's gotta be the first one through. Somebody's gotta get their attention and the only way that they respond to, which is messing with their bottom line, messing with their antitrust exemption. I don't know, uh, you know, but this is what it's going to take, not just, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the old saying? They can't dismantle a master's house using the master's tools. Right. You know, like this system isn't going to change through uh, through panel discussions and, you know, um, you know, columns and people like me and you calling attention to it. Every opportunity we get. It's just. This was necessary. And again, bravo to Brian Flores, bravo to Brian, Brian Flores for realizing like, hey, I'm not going to sit by and let this injustice go on this injustice, excuse me, go unnoticed. Um, I'm sure we'll, you know, know, it's just so frustrating though. I I just want to, I want to add this to it. It's so frustrating when it's, when it's this obvious. So I already told you about, you know, we already talked about Brian Flores and we talked a lot about uh, David Cully. It might be Steve. It might be Steve Wilkes. Uh, just, uh, again, now, uh, now I'm trying to make sure I get the facts right. I'm sorry, I'm in fact check mode. Because it, it 2000, might be Steve Wilkes. Because Wilkes was 18. It was one and done. It was in 2018. That's it. And this is and this is Kingsbury's third year that he just finished. Okay. Three. That, that yeah. Up. Three. Three and thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Three and thirteen. Yeah, done. Up. One yeah. year. Yeah. So we have two one and dones. Okay. So out of the three black yeah. coaches, in the in these cycles, two of them were one and done. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and in both cases, um, especially in one, the organization, in the Cardinals case, the organization admitted, hey, we didn't get it right. So he's a first-year head coach with Josh Rosen at quarterback. So they made a mistake. They drafted Josh Rosen. They figured out, oh, we shouldn't have drafted Josh Rosen. They get the number one pick in the draft, and they take the unbelievable step two years in a row of drafting a quarterback in the top ten. So he's one and done. Cully's one and done. Brian Flores, team on the rise, gets fired. But, you know, Mike, I was thinking about this earlier this week. And what's so frustrating about it is that the NFL, when they're talking about players, they say it's a meritocracy. They say hey, it's just a meritocracy. Uh, the best people get the jobs. And, and, and look, it, it, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. You've heard all the cliches about players and what they talk about on film. You put it on film and it's clear as day. But, you know, put this on film. Put it on film that I asked you last week when Nathaniel Hackett was hired uh, as a head coach of the Broncos. I said, was he the play caller in Green Bay? No, he wasn't. But he gets a head coaching job. He was not the play caller. And he gets the head coaching job uh, in Denver. And then uh, a quarterback's coach becomes the same organization, right? Quarterback's coach with the Packers is the offensive coordinator of the Bears. Did I get that right? Right? So he ain't the play caller either. So he gets a promotion just uh, just being associated, being associated with Aaron Rodgers, let's call it what it is, being associated, and no coaching record, they get a head coaching job. Whereas uh, Eric Bieniemy is a play caller, is the offensive coordinator, for the Kansas City Dude, Chiefs, Marvin Lewis no, is sitting home I mean, right now. 
I mean, it's David Caldwell is sitting home right now. Byron Leftwich hasn't been hired. The enemy hasn't Jim been Caldwell. hired. Jim Caldwell. The double, sta- the double standards. The yeah. double standards. Raheem Morris have been well documented. And and the thing we talked about, and we got to go to break because we got some companies standing by. The thing we talked about before, as we watched this. This cycle has been the longest coaching cycle, one of the longer coaching cycles in recent memory. But we were reminded that all of these interviews, you get excited about these interviews, but they had to do it. They were being mandated to to have this diverse candidate pool. And worse worse than being mandated is being rewarded when somebody gets hired because you develop them in your organization. It's been a sham for the longest time playing nice asking you can't requesting you can't hasn't been working what what one more thing before we go to break this is the same law, law firm that represented Harvey Weinstein's victims and former Fox News employees and their discrimination cases I'll go to break just reading uh, a little bit more from a joint statement from Flores co-counsel on the first day of Black History Month it is our great privilege to represent Brian Flores and his class action complaint against the NFL. This case seeks to level the playing field in the hope that future owners and coaches will be representative of the athletes who are playing this great game, 70% African-American. We fully expect coaches and players of all races to support Brian as he embarks on his journey to create positive change. And, 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 and Mike, Certainly got and, and our support. We'll be back. As, as we go to break, you say this on the way to break, the Giants have never had an African-American head coach after all the coaches they've been through lately, you might want to give it a try. It might actually work out for you. Why not? They've never had one in their history. Isn't that hard to believe? Never. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Brian Flores uh, is the number one trending topic in the United States, and rightfully so. He's filing a class action suit against the NFL and its teams alleging uh, racism, systemic and institutional racism in its hiring practices, something that we've all seen, uh, we've all observed anecdotally uh, over decades as there's one African-American coach Still five openings, but one African-American coach uh, in the NFL, and that is, of course, Mike Tomlin, who our next guest played for, uh, CBS Sports analyst uh, Brian McFadden. Uh, you know, good to see you, brother. Great, great day to see you. Great uh, time to talk to you, uh, as if there wasn't already a bunch of stuff going on. But let's just start right there, man. This is, this is developing. We're processing this in real time. When you first heard the story about Brian Flores taking the NFL to court, your reaction was what? Surprise, shock, clearly the things he put out for us to see. I'm surprised, but then I'm not surprised, right? Especially if all these allegations are true. Uh, But I'm super surprised and shocked because I felt like Brian Flores would eventually get a job. But with him putting this information out for the entire world to see and suing the NFL, suing the Miami Dolphins, 
uh, suing the, the New York Giants and, of course, putting the text messages he received uh, from Bill Belichick. With him doing all of this, guys, it's safe to say he probably will never coach again. And before I came on with you guys, I was listening and watching, and I saw he came out with a statement, a very uh, well-spoken statement, basically saying he's been put on this earth to coach, and he loves doing it, and he would love to continue to do it. But with him making this move, it's safe to say he probably won't coach again, and he has embraced that to change the narrative that so many coaches that look like him, they have been going through. And get this, guys. In 2006, it was a monumental year for black coaches. Super Bowl 41, we had two African-American coaches lead their teams to the Super Bowl game in Miami. Tony Dungy and Lovey Smith. But get this, during that season in 06, we had at that time, if I'm not mistaken, five black coaches. And since then, this has been a big time story every offseason. Hiring more African-American coaches, hiring more minorities. You, you just said, Mike, there's only one right now. So in 06, we were in a better position with black coaches as head coaches yeah, in the National backwards. Football League than where we are we're now. Well, the only thing I would and, and call and maybe I'm being I'm probably being naive because we know how it works in, in, in this league in every corporation. We know we all know how it works. We've all experienced it at some level or another. I guess it's just unless the NFL wants to tell on itself a guy that had back-to-back -back winning seasons in Miami with Brian Flores's resume. You know, ask Colin Kaepernick how this works. His qualifications didn't get him another job. But this, if this wouldn't be collusion, I don't know what is. You know what I mean? If, if, like, we, we know that history says if you rock the boat, if you challenge the system, you're going to pay the price for it. If he pays the price for calling out what, it, what we all see with our own eyes and have right, seen right, time right. and time again, you're telling on yourself. Then this is what he's talking about. How does somebody with his credentials not get a job? So I don't know which progressive owner it would take to do it. But mm -hmm. if but if he if he goes unemployed for taking this stance, what more proof do you need? But I mean, that's probably where it's going to end. Unfortunately, yeah. that's, that's reality. Yeah, I, I agree with you. When you look at the quality candidates that were available. I thought B. Flo would probably be the one of the first names to hear we hear as the new head coach to this organization. Uh, quick example I'd like to highlight for you guys. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, their head coach is Brandon Staley, right? Mm -hmm. Remember what his role was a year ago. He was the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. Team right. that had success on the defensive side that led to him getting a head coaching opportunity with the Chargers. Who is the defensive coordinator for the Rams this year? Right. Raheem Morris. Yeah. Have you guys been a coach, you get an opportunity? Who's been an the interim same coach. That Brandon Staley received, benefited from last yeah. year? Do you think Raheem yeah. would get the same opportunity? No. It's the, yeah. the double standards off, on the offensive side a, of the ball. Be it, be and the defense is better. In Kansas the defense City. is better yeah. this year. Yeah. It's safe to yeah. say they were able to do more with Raheem as a defensive coordinator than Brandon Staley because they're playing in the championship. And I, for one, I love my, 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 my owners that are in Pittsburgh that I played for, the Rooney family, unbelievable family. I love them. They do things the right way, but they need to get yeah. rid of the Rooney. Throw it away. Because now you have people wasting quality individuals' time just to fulfill a requirement. That, that, we just saw it with, with the text well, Michael, message from with the text. Belichick. 
Michael, I wonder if that's a, if, if that will constitute again, not a lawyer, but will that constitute the proverbial smoking gun as like, hey, they already know the guy that they're hiring. Yeah. They're just bringing you right. in to fill a requirement. You got it in writing from not just any coach, but the greatest coach of all time. And, uh, you know, imagine and sometimes that's what it takes like uh, a, a mistake like that an accidental insight an accidental revelation where if you look at yeah. that text, you know, Belichick says I'm told from the Bills and the Giants. So he's got sword like he's working like a reporter. I got people in Buffalo and in New York telling me that you're the guy. And it, it yeah, I wonder how long Flores figured out like he ain't talking to me, but let me see if I can get more information out of them. But let me ask you this, uh, uh, Brian, because you know, look at these uh, coaches and you point out that Raheem Morris is a D coordinator for the Rams and it took Arthur Blank was joking, but I didn't like his joke when before the Falcons hired uh, their head coach uh, Smith before they hired him. Arthur Blank was asked does Raheem Morris have a chance to job? He said, yeah, maybe if he goes undefeated and he started laughing. Oh, you got to go undefeated <laughs> to be the to be the head coach of, uh, of this team. What is it? What do you think it is? Is it just as simple as that that we that just don't look at an African-American and think that person has leadership ability has intellectual ability. What do you think it is that keeps us having these conversations with no progress? But as Mike pointed out regress, it may be a combination of the things you just stated. And it, I think it just boils down to relatability. Think about this. People oftentimes associate themselves with people they can relate to people. They understand or they want to understand and they feel comfortable and being around that said individuals. Let's keep it real. Most owners come from a different environment than some of the black coaches they're interviewing. They're thinking about hiring. And sometimes because you might not understand an individual where they where they came where they've come from, you don't you're not drawn to them. And when it comes to being the face of a billion dollar organization corporation, I think that's why we're not seeing the hires that we would like to see and that's deserving of being hired because it's just about being able to relate to individuals, feel comfortable around that said individual. And that has been the issue. Another example, Adam Gates. How do you get a promotion doing a horrible job for a team <laughs> in your division and an opposing team hires you and give you a, a raise in a promotion? How many African-American head coaches would get that opportunity? Adam Gates was piss poor in Miami. Horrible. Horrible. Didn't work out well. Ryan Tannehill looked bad. Everything in Miami looked bad. He gets fired by the Dolphins. The Jets, who they're in the same division, saw how bad Adam Gates was personally twice and said, you know what? We're going to bring you in as our head coach. And right now, we don't have a GM, so you, we will allow you to make some of the personnel decisions as well. And then they're crying wolf in New York when he does a horrible job. Why are you surprised? Why? But some coaches have the leeway. They have options. They, they have an opportunity to have a mistake here and there compared to other oh, coaches. Absolutely. And most of them that I'm referring to, I mean, they're African-American. They don't have the same leeway. Dog, I mean, we were going to talk about him today. You know, we probably won't have time at this point, and, and obviously a lot's changed. You know, Josh McDaniels introduced yesterday. You can't get fired. There will never be a black dude. I'm gonna go ahead and say this definitively. Never say never. There will never be a black dude that gets fired in his second season, gets a job, 
leaves that job high and dry after he gets a down. second opportunity right. and then gets a right. third opportunity. Okay, black right. coach is lucky enough to get a second opportunity. Ain't no way in hell. And that's not even talk about the Texans. First. We could be here all day. Let's not even talk about the Texans actually entertaining the idea of hiring Josh McCown to be the head coach of their team. Okay, um, we're going to make a hard pivot because I do want to talk to you about the other big story of the day, and that is uh, Tom Brady officially announcing his retirement. And let's kind of connect the connect uh, this story. We talked about Brian Flores and his last employer, Stephen Ross. I saw you do some dot connecting, but it was it was over the weekend. I don't want to steal your thunder, but you really feel like after Boston fans gotten their feelings today about Brady not naming them or not naming the Patriots in his retirement statement. Sounds like you think Boston fans might have another reason to resent Tom Brady uh, post career. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I did this last week. I'm just connecting the dots. I read a lot. I listen a lot. And uh, I feel like when you're the competitor that Tom Brady has shown us that he is, when you step away from the game, guys, you still want to have something to fulfill that competitive edge that you that you've grown with your entire life, basically. And players that have showcased greatness mentally and physically, they don't just walk away from the game. Look at Michael Jordan. He retired, but he eventually got involved in the game of basketball. Drew Brees just retired, but he's still involved to some degree. So I felt like Tom Brady may walk away from the game as a player, but I think he would definitely be involved and tied to an organization to some degree as a president, maybe a minority, uh, a potential owner or, or something. And I felt like it only made sense if that organization was the Miami Dolphins. Now, clearly, I stated this before the information yeah became known with Brian Flores, but I felt like Stephen Ross, Tom Brady, Michigan ties. You know, Stephen Ross loves Tom Brady like a son. Him and his wife yeah. purchased a home in Miami-Dade over a year ago or so, a year, two years ago, a year and a half ago, to set, set up shop. So everything kind of felt like, wow, it only makes sense. And I think if you're Tom Brady and you want to tell an organization, I want to be part of your ownership. I want to be part of your uh, the front office. Which team would say, no, we don't want that? Interesting thought. Uh, that, that'd, be, that'd be a heck of a uh, turn of events if he ended up with a division rival. Uh, you know, Stephen Ross is watching Jim Harbaugh interview elsewhere. I can't imagine Robert Kraft and the Kraft family watching Tom Brady help another team, period, let alone within a division. We appreciate you helping us well, out, Brian. Thank you so much for coming. Maybe the Broncos. Through, maybe the Broncos, too, B. Maybe it's the Broncos. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot Going of. Going with Peyton Man Manning and Tom Brady. There are a lot of inconsistent organizations that would love the the, the the mentorship from a guy like Tom Brady. Hey, even if I think if he wanted to do that with Tampa, he probably could. They'd be like, okay, yeah, Tom. He was already basically the GM. He do whatever he wants. Yeah. You can do whatever he wants. Hey, Brian, we appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Appreciate great you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A uh, hell of a way to kick off Black History Month. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, and we yeah. got we both have uh, more homework than usual tonight. We will both be reading yeah. 
uh, a lawsuit. Um, this one, this one is personal for us. I, I know I speak for you when I say that it's personal yeah. for us. It's a, it's a, yeah, uh, a, a cause we both taken up, uh, a drum that we both beaten. Uh, I, can I wrote about this, you know. 2001, 2002, 2003. I mean, it's just like it's been our reality, not just in the NFL. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about the the irony of, of inspired change and it takes all of us and end racism, uh, given you know, the league's practices uh, when it comes to to hiring uh, the double standards. Um, you know, uh, it, it's obvious its stance on on uh, on on peaceful protests for that matter. Um, we've talked about this ad nauseum. And I think we've been waiting for a day like this where um, the stakes were raised. So we both have some reading yeah. to do tonight because I really, you know, we're talking about this in real time and trying to trying to kind of get pe- bits and pieces of from from Twitter or whatever. I can't wait to like dive into this lawsuit. But just in the meantime, yeah. in between time, how you feel? I guess how are you? How are you feeling? Bad. Yes, bad. Yeah, I feel I feel yeah. terrible. I feel terrible. I feel heartbroken. Really? I feel uh, really? yeah, I'm angry. Uh, yes, why I'm angry. Um, I'm um, I'm hurt. I'm hurt mm. by it because mm. because th- this really I, I was thinking about this earlier today. It's, it's just so interesting how there's just energy in the air. You know, there's energy that you just you ever you ever feel a certain way you're not sure why you feel either excited all the time. you feel excited all for the time. no reason yeah. and then yeah. and then something happens to go oh that's what it was or or yeah. anxious or, yeah. or agita- yeah. agitate whatever it is and something happens yeah so i had this thought earlier today i was just thinking about double standards <laughs> i was thinking about mm. double standards and what really bothers me about it is not even at the at the figurehead level or at the at the corporate level. Sometimes you expect mm-hmm. it, whether it's uh, the commissioner of a, of a league or whether it's a, your favorite politician. If that person displays some hypocrisy, uh, it says one thing and does another. It's unfortunately, we've been trained to expect. Not yeah, okay, that's mm-hmm. what they do. But what really is unsettling to me is the people at, at, on the ground floor at the grassroots level like y'all falling for this? Don't, don't y'all see this too? I mean, I expect somebody to try to protect the position to protect the title to protect a six or seven figure job. I expect them to say one thing and do something else and do it and they don't believe it. Okay, I got it. I'm used to that. But for the rest of us, what's our excuse? What's our excuse? Like why? Why don't you see how broken this whole thing is. Why don't you see that the David Cully situation was wrong? Why don't you see that? Who are you referring to? What happened to Brian Flores is wrong. I'm uh, specifically who you're referring to, like that don't see it. You talking about white people or majority? The majority of people, uh, obviously the majority of people, because we keep we keep having these conversations. Maybe not enough. Okay, how about this? I'm not saying like a, a race of people. Just not enough mm-hmm. people are angry enough or heartbroken enough to push back against this steady drumbeat, this familiar drumbeat of, hey, we're going to do the same old thing again. We're going to say all the things that we always say. We're going to have an exhaustive uh, search. We're going to find the best candidate. We have a press conference. It's somebody who doesn't have the experience 
that somebody else does somebody who's not as dynamic as somebody else's. I mean, it's just over and over the cycle and, and we can see the cycle. You and I can see it. Why don't, Why don't they want to see it? Because it, well, they don't want to see it. It's really that simple. They don't want to see it for a variety of reasons. Either it makes them uncomfortable. Same reason. Yeah, people, again, I mean, Black, so what? Black History Month about to be so about to be interesting. I'm a, more interested this I, year listen, than ever because Mike. of how America is trying to whitewash history. Like it, it, whether the conversation makes people uncomfortable, whether it makes them reflect uh, or 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 internalize their own shortcomings or their own blind spots. The people who don't see it don't want to see it. We're talking about 32 or 31 people, but 31 people in particular that haven't been forced to see it. That's why you said you were hurt. You said you were hurt. You were angry. Um, what was the other word you used when I asked you how you were feeling? What else you said you were feeling today? After the story? Heartbroken? You, heartbroken. Yeah, that was it. Heartbroken. Dude, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I couldn't be happier for this. This is a moment right now. Because yeah, it's good. we have talked I mean, until we have, we have talked until we're blue in the face. It had to come to this because yeah. talking wasn't getting in nowhere. We weren't making any. We were going backward for all the talking that we're doing about these double standards, about these unfair yeah. hiring practices, calling it out for what it is, speaking truth to power. The people in power yeah. didn't have to do anything because white people always have an explanation why it's not what you say it is. Why is rate? Why it's not racism? Why? Why? Why are you making it about race? It's about getting the most qualified guy. See, we interviewed these <laughs> yeah. people. We interviewed these people. What more do you want? You can't force people to hire somebody that they don't want to hire. Stop complaining. It's just about okay. getting the best candidate. So all of that, all of those arguments were getting us nowhere. Here is somebody who has taken the fight to the next level and I'm here for it. I'm excited about this. Okay, because now yeah, okay, that's we're, going, yeah, we're not yeah. we're not playing nice anymore. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Something had to be done. Something yeah. had to be taken to the extreme Michael in order for actual okay. change to come about whether this is what does it we will see. But the, the doing it the old way wasn't get was it wasn't working. Well, okay, right. I agree. And, and I think that that is the exciting part of it, but Okay, as I as I uh, without a degree uh, attempt to psychoanalyze myself, I will psychoanalyze me, and and, and you'll understand why it hurts me, and, and it doesn't mm -hmm. hurt me from uh, not a sports context. It's, it's bigger than sports. Mm -hmm. So this is I'll, I'll make it simple this way. Really, with me, and this make is, plan, these, these things always these <laughs> things always bother me. These things always bother me. You know what really bothers me when I it can't communicate you? when I can't communicate with people mm. when I cannot communicate when there is a breakdown in communication, then that really bothers me. Mm. And so when it's when I think it's clear when I think it should be clear and and I can give you evidence and I can give you statistics if you want. I can give you examples. I can give you I can give you science. I can give you anecdotes and and the communication doesn't connect then it hurts. So when I see this, I think this is a clear case. This is as clear. This is so clear to me. Gotcha. And when 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 clear things when things are just so obvious and yet there's no connection. I'm a yeah. communicator. I mean, that's why I'm in this business. I, I, I love it. I yeah. love I love people. I love talking to people, but I love connecting with people. 
and learning. Sure. And so when that when that's not happening, but that's a reflection throws, of it really them. throws me off. That's a reflection of, throws, of their values or whatever they don't. They're like, yeah, you can't you can't get through to certain people. I was telling my wife this earlier, man. It's so funny. You know, talk about conversations that preceded the show. My wife uh, was reading me a back and forth she had on uh, some Facebook group. Uh, with somebody was, you know, some microaggression, uh, you know, some yeah, white fragility yeah, yeah. on display. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And I said to my mm-hmm. wife, I was like, and she read, she read me this long response she typed. I'm like, you got to stay out the comment section. You got to stop. You got to stop giving your time to this because I, I've long yeah. since given up on trying to convince people that don't want to be convinced. I've been doing this shit my whole career. And I, I, I'm tired. I'm not here to argue with people that I know the moment we start talking, we are not coming from the same place. We live in two Americas. And if you're going to hold tight to your America, then I know that it ain't my fault that I can't get through to you. You just ain't trying to hear it. So when it comes to this situation, I understand what you're saying, Michael. It is frustrating that it has to come to this because not only forget the evidence that people like us have put forth, people much smarter, much, much better orators, much more sophisticated writers than you and I. We could rattle off the names. We've read them. Right. Have made yeah. this case yeah. for equality and inclusiveness and equity for centuries to little to no avail. It gets exhausting. It gets exhausting. It, and so right, when, there, when, there's st- when there's evidence, when there's statistical evidence that in, not just in professional football, but in corporate America, a diverse workforce, a diverse leadership team, both in terms of race and gender, leads to increased performance. That's a fact. Your business is more profitable the more diverse your workforce looks. And it's frustrating that we got to take you to court. Same as it's frustrating that we got a mandate that you interview non-white people. <laughs> Same as yeah. it's frustrating yeah. that you have to be rewarded for somebody else hiring the best candidate who happens to be black and who happened to come up in your organization. It's absolutely frustrating. So what's next? What's the solution? Mandating the league policing itself more or less and mandating well, to 32 different corporations, 32 different right. CEOs telling them how and who they have to hire has been an exercise of futility for decades now. Does does the uh, does the um, does the does the NFL or more specifically, you talk about these 32 corporations? Uh, does, does each of these uh, corporations have a diversity, equity, and inclusion office or an officer? It, wouldn't that be ironic? And I'm asking a question, you know, tongue uh, firmly planted in cheek. And if they do, they shouldn't. If, if, if they. If they're if they have somebody who's over that department, how comical and absurd is that? And the fact is, and I, I, I got I, we're going big picture. I need to go back in. Like I said, as we are going to uh, one of our previous breaks, Brian Flores is absolutely right to call out the New York Giants. What are they doing? That how the New York Giants, the largest city in the United States the most diverse population in the United States of America. How has there never been an African-American head coach in New York City? With the they Giants. have had an African-American GM. They have had an African-American GM, but until until Geno Smith started, 
They had never had a black quarterback, I believe, in New York. So, and I know that's, and that probably is painful for, for Brian Flores, who's from New York, who's from Brooklyn, uh, you know, wanted that job. And, and, and look, I don't want to minimize that. You know, a lot of it could be just the frustration of not getting the job that he wanted. Now, but we've all been there. And if you haven't been there, you know, keep living. Maybe you'll be there one day where yeah. you want no, a job. It's, that you really to- want it's a token to interview. Because yeah, a lot of them go into these interviews I'm not knowing saying, that the deck not, is stacked against, just, against them. But just to be clear, just to be clear, I'm not saying it's sour mm-hmm. grapes. But oh, I, I, I know that. It's, no, I know that. It's, there's definitely the tokenism is right up there. It's clear as day. But then what makes it worse is that it happened at the place where you really wanted it to be like, I, you know, well, I no, no, there. absolutely. But 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 like, again, Bill Belichick for all the games he's won for all of the, the strategies that he has put forth for all the ingenious things that he's done in his decades upon decades lifetime in the NFL. This is one of the biggest things he's the most significant things he's done was a was a mistaken mistaken text to the wrong Brian perhaps, you know? Yeah. Because what, what did Brian Flores both, say? Wait, is this for Dayball or is this both, for me? Yeah, right. Both, both he coaches, like, I, he both said, coaches who've worked for him. He said, "I I, I, I f this up. Yeah, I f this up because yeah. it's like, oh, I'm not like I know that the odds are against me when I go into this interview. But you ain't about to use me as a token. We're gonna use tonight to study. We're gonna read up, and we're gonna pick this up yeah. tomorrow. This story ain't going nowhere, thankfully. Yeah, got a lot of lot of work to do on this. All right, man. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.